Yeah, buddy. I should. Uh... All right, my man. I got a whiz. All righty then. I got no bladder. Um, Hold good stuff. on. I got to end the. It's still live broadcasting, I think. Oh, what? <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right. Welcome to uh, uh, our... Well, I don't even know if it was live. I didn't click the live button at the top. Apparently, you're supposed to click on the live. Now we're live. Anyway, so you missed the intro. The podcast is live um, on uh, YouTube. Right now is what we're trying. We're, trying, we're playing around with the StreamYards streaming uh, software, I guess, to see if that's going to work better for our uh, next endeavor, which will be coming up sooner than later now. I think we uh, are just about ready to push the envelope and take the next step, which would be a live show weekly on a platform called Cap City Beats, which is a Ottawa radio, internet radio station. There's an app that goes on uh, iPhones and Android, and um, they got DJs and music from all over the world. They got a couple DJs on the uh, in the Caribbean that, that play a couple times uh, a week, and um, we've been asked to, to bring a sports show to that platform, and you know, there's fifteen to 20,000 downloads of the app already, if not more by this time. And um, when we get that link, we'll send it out so you guys can all sort of join in as well. But we'll, uh, we'll disclose the, the date and time and, and, uh, um, as we get a little bit closer to it. But keep that in mind. Get those, get those apps downloaded and get ready for a live UC on a weekly basis. Yeah, we'll, un- we'll unfriend you if, if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched that show called social dilemma on netflix oh yeah it's good eh oh talk about unfriend I mean, and unconnect i really think it's probably smart but when we're taking on a, a podcast and social media content in this sort of sense it's, it's hard to do that so we can't yeah but from a kid's perspective for my kids like they're i'm trying to get them as disconnected as possible now I'm not sure. I'm not sold on all the content on that. Uh, net. It's a Netflix, right? Or Amazon? Was it's it Netflix? A Netflix, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold on all of it. I, but I do believe there's some truth to, especially the uh, the marketing. If you type in a keyword, and then all of a sudden your Facebook is inundated with like you don't even have crazy. to type it in. You just have to talk about it. If you yeah, do that it's test, crazy. you just have your phone around and you just talk. Say you know, purple rhinoceros a few times. You'll find it. it's going to come up. Something's going to come up in that sense. It's crazy. Yeah. Always listen. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, too many examples for that to not be true. I mean, I've there's times where I've just said something in passing and for whatever reason my phone's appeared with that uh, that same whatever conversation. So, yeah, crazy stuff, but yeah. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're social media uh exclusive at this point right now, so we're uh, we're working our way through. Airhorn? Yeah. Airhorn works. I should maybe work on those sound effects. So we're on. I'm back on my Wi-Fi this morning. So if there's any lags or or uh, I sound like Mr. Roboto for any period of time, just bear with us. Uh, one of my little adapters, uh, I think, was on the fritz. Got to get a new one. No big deal. But bear with us. It's early morning. I don't think my wi- uh, certainly in this area. I don't think Wi-Fi is uh, being uh, inundated right now. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. 
All right. So you have an agenda for us today. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I want to start off on. I hate to. I hate to start off on a negative note, but I, I want to bring up Bill O'Reilly. Have you heard? You know, Bill Bill O'Reilly, the American journalist for Fox. Okay. He's a notorious jerk. Um, he's he's very much all lives matter that kind of guy. Um, okay. He yesterday. I, I there's a million quotes. I won't even. I won't even. Uh, I won't entertain any of the things he said because he was just so off. I thought he was so off base. But Bill O'Reilly yesterday uh, said that LeBron James has ruined the NBA. He said uh, last year's finals had 17.5 million viewers and this year's has 5.7 million. I, I must say, though, last year there were two countries interested in the, in the finals, not right. one. But I digress. He thinks that all the stuff on the on the players jerseys and the stuff on the court uh, turned off a lot of fans i beg to differ i think the fan base much of the fan base would support that type of movement uh but just the way he ex- the way he was explaining himself the way he was describing his point of view was uh i think everything that's wrong right now with our neighbors to the south uh, you could probably google this it was just yesterday he was talking about it uh, bill o'reilly it's it's not a fun listen. He's angry. He's a jerk. He never has the courage to have any uh, guests on his shows because he doesn't want to get into an argument. So he says this stuff usually solo. And uh, I just someone needs to call this guy out. I mean, he's been called out a million times throughout his career. He's an older fella now, but he's just such a jerk. And uh, I don't know where he gets off saying LeBron ruined the NBA. I mean. LeBron and the Lakers and many teams were the face of the movement, you know, the more than any other sport. I mean, what's what's this guy's deal? I don't know. Uh, it's scary to think that there are other people in the country that believe what he believes. Oh. LeBron, LeBron James has done nothing but good throughout his career, off on on the court, off the court. Um, name me something in in his seventeen year career that he's done that's questionable, other than. Maybe jump and ship to the heat or 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 whatever something that's sports related. Nothing. Nothing. Like it's in a in a time where social media and cell phone cameras and um, you know all eyes on you sort of thing from a, a high um, public figure like LeBron James to not have scandals rumors. Uh, you know, anything, it, you know, outbursts of, you know, just anger, whatever it happens to be stuff that normal people go through in their, their lives. Like you can't tell me that, you know, well, I can't say that personally that there's not been a time in my life where I'm just like, Oh, like if somebody had a camera on me right now, it would not be great because my attitude, the look I give somebody or the, um, you know, you just go through times. It's just not healthy, you know, and, and I know you're smiling, but I, 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 there's nothing, you know, that would have been caught on tape. That's, you know, I, I wasn't slapping anybody, but I've thought about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Me too. And, you know, LeBron James uh, is somebody that everybody is watching at all times and there's nothing. And I think that's amazing, really. Um, you know, from for these kind of comments, obviously, uh, you know, I, he's an older white gentleman, I'm assuming. Yep. 
you know, uh, so to ruin the NBA, is it because they took a stand and, and um, you know, are starting to speak up for social injustice that, you know, goes against, you know, maybe he's one of these shut up and dribble kind of guys like, um, yep. you know, and, and the, 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 the viewers that have tuned away and stuff like that, those viewers, if they're tuning away because of those type of, of protests and um, um, activism, are obviously of support of the shut up and dribble sort of mentality. And, you know, it's overall, that's not a bad thing. That's beat it. You know, if you don't want to, if yeah. you're of that mindset, then the NBA doesn't the NBA want you doesn't anyways, want probably. You. Right. Yeah. And I, I say this about a guy like him and uh, his point of view and his followers. Bill O'Reilly's a notorious jerk, by the way, years of this kind of crap. He's like the Rush Limbaugh kind of style guy, you know, just completely uh, out to lunch, out of touch with reality. But he has a following, and he has still has a show, and Fox still thinks he's uh, you know, the king shit. But I will say this about him and his type. If LeBron did nothing, if LeBron didn't, uh, was, was neither for or against Black Lives Matter, was neither for or against anything, he'd get crapped on by the same people. He should have done more for his people. He should have done this. He should have been the face. So he he's damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. And that's the awful reality of of the states is that whatever people just hate each other so much that whatever you do, I'm doing the opposite. And that's what the, that's the state of sports right now. And and it's just it's just, it's pathetic. It's sad. In 17 years, if you want to debate who the who the greatest player of all time is, and you have an argument against LeBron James, that's cool. That's a fair argument, whatever. You know, people can say who, whatever. But if that's the worst thing you could say about somebody is that, well, I'm not sure if he's the greatest yet. You've done a pretty good job in a 17-year career as far as I'm concerned. And I, my problems with LeBron James have never been off the court and certainly not even on the court. He, he is the greatest player in the game, you know, and every, every championship team has some guys to run with them. The, the Warriors, I mean, come on. Kevin Durant, Curry, Thompson, Green. Come on, people were. I read this argument yesterday that he he goes out and finds guys to to run with. Do you think Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving are like all world? No. Come on, guys, get with the program. Kyrie hit a big shot, but it's because LeBron James getting triple teamed every time he touched the ball. People need to get their heads out of their arses when it comes to this conversation. You know what I mean? Hey, you're you're speaking to one of the biggest LeBron advocates. You know, probably within our social circles. Um. <laughs> So yeah, I, I agree. Like, there's nothing more I can I add enough to of that. This. It's, it's uh, people are so enamored by, you know. And my argument in some of the stuff when it comes to the goat, again, this isn't that conversation. It's no. just a, a lot of guys that are our age um, went through the MJ era uh, in our most impressionable phase of life, and when that happens, that leaves an effect on you. You know. It's just like I don't know if I said it or whatever, but it's like no, yeah, I I get it. You know, is Sydney Crawford still like the hottest woman you've ever in your life seen? You know, no, <laughs> yeah. you've seen hotter since, but at the yeah. time she was the Pepsi girl and she was at that impressionable age. You know, right with Michael Jordan and stuff like that, and she was. But it's you grow up and you understand that there's there's differences out there, and um, you know, people were just who went through that era, I find, are just refusing to 
to accept that somebody could be better than him because he was so good at the time he was there. And I don't think, and everybody says it, I don't think it's going to be until LeBron actually retires and is out of the game that uh, accurate comparisons will will sort of come and maybe people will be a bit more open-minded and see the numbers and see what he's done. Um, but for me, it's it goes, I'm, I'm the part where I didn't like Michael Jordan because I felt like he should be using his platform for bigger things than basketball. Um, you know, I was always of a belief that, you know, the sport, sports and the athletes and, and the attention we give them and the praise we give them and the money we give them and the power we give them, um, there's, there comes added responsibility than just being able to put a ball in a hoop. Um, you know, th- th- this isn't the gladiators. These guys aren't slaves just put on a court to entertain us. Um, you know, so from that aspect, I, I felt that Michael Jordan lacked, you know, during the, the thing, uh, Charles Barkley was very outspoken for a lot of different things. So I was a big Barkley fan. So that's where I was mm-hmm. like, why is an MJ taking these stands with, with, with Barkley and speaking up, um, in the same sort of, uh, voice because ultimately it's the same cause, but he's not using that platform he would shy away from that kind of stuff and uh i always respected people that like barkley who would speak up for it and uh, and not be afraid of oh i'm gonna affect my uh, you know they're not gonna buy my shoes as much or if a bunch of people aren't gonna support me financially or my business might take a hit barkley speaks from the heart and, and you know off the cuff and he has his beliefs and i, I respect that um, mm-hmm. So LeBron coming in, who has as much talent, if not more, than Michael Jordan from a physical standpoint, you know, is using his platform for that. So you talk about uh, this uh, O'Reilly guy, O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, being probably a two-faced, where it's he just wants to hate, regardless. Yeah. I'm more yep. of the look. I'm I'm consistent. I didn't like Michael Jordan because he wasn't doing it. I like LeBron even more because he is doing it. And I think that, you know, after it's all said and done, I think the stuff that LeBron does off the court are going to surpass the stuff that he does on the court. And it's going to be more than just, hey, you got you created a shoe line that people are paying thousands of dollars to have. He's got schools. He's got education. He's helping the next generation of, of kids, um, you mm-hmm. know, prepare for this world and, and help. Anyway, yada, yada. It's, it's, kind, of why, it's kind of why I like Kareem. Uh, when when we talk about the goat, I and mean, again, we're, we're seem to be we're always getting this goat conversation. But Kareem, Kareem did more for social justice. You know, him and Bill Russell back in the time they played in in places where they were not welcome, just flat out not welcome. Yeah. So when you talk about bridging sports with uh, uh, social injustice and you know just flat out abuse and stuff, these guys lived it. So. Yeah, like man, I, I just I saw this yesterday. I was so angry. I want to bring it up because I know that you're a, obviously you're a LeBron fan, but like I'm a fan of his too. Not because he plays for the Lakers. I'm a fan of of his game. I mean, there's no there's no other player in the world that's ever been this unique, where he can guard. Uh, Magic Johnson's the only comparable, but Magic couldn't shoot the three. So, I mean, there's wild stuff. Anyway, we'll, we'll know, move on to. The- there's also there's a. I always think of you when I watch LeBron too. In a way where, like your basketball, like like LeBron's walk when he's just walking and it, his feet are a little bit out and whatever, he's got that walk. That's you. Like <laughs> That's you have the same walk as LeBron. You calling me LeBron James, bro? Well, 
Let's uh, let's not go that far. Uh, I would like to take yeah. a second to thank you for uh, coming out and helping out with uh, our football forward thing. So for those who don't know, we did the nonprofit. We got a grant. Uh, we literally did a 180. Uh, my, my partner, I, Scott Endicott, did a 180 at uh, whatever, Friday night at 6 p.m. before we started this thing at 7.30 in the morning. The Saturday at TD Place, Doug Ford came out and said, look, you can only have a limited amount of people on. Uh, the, the TD Place, where the Red Blacks play, had changed it from 100 people total on the field. So we had 70 kids. We had a, a group of coaches. We had trainers, photographers, whatever, in this 100, 100 people limit. Uh, the night before, they said you can only have 25. So we, like, like just worked our butt off to make sure that we were able to at least get 40 kids through. We, we filtered them through in groups of 10, a little bit shorter, you know, a little bit quicker. Uh, but ultimately, we got it done. And, I, you know, that kudos to all our coaches and stuff. But you took a big role. You were doing all the warm-ups. You were the first kind of face that these kids saw when they kind of went through <laughs> the uh, the uh, uh, the stations. And, uh, you know, I went by a few times when I was allowed in the stadium, when the numbers permitted. Um, and, it, you know, the the... the uh, rapport you have with the kids and, and getting them excited and asking them questions and sort of, you know, bringing in football rules and stuff at the same time, I think was, was great. So I appreciate that. And I look forward to this Saturday. Hey, thanks, man. I, you know, it's uh, not my first rodeo when it comes to working with kids and uh, actually working even football camps. I did a couple uh, with a, a former t- Ottawa hospital employee, her and her husband ran a little camp, but it was, uh, there it is. There's the logo. Uh, but I was really looking forward to it. And I actually got a couple of messages from the from the concourse saying, hey, are, were you coaching? Uh, were you one of the coaches on the field? And uh, I said, yeah, that, that was me. And they, we got we knew it from your voice. We could hear your voice from up there. So it was nice. It's great. I super appreciate you guys even asking me. So very, very kind of you. And uh, I'm always down to help out the community, which is what you guys are doing. Um, moving along, Pat Marlowe. Yeah. Patrick Marlowe is... 45 games away from breaking Gordie Howe's all-time games played record. Uh, it's an interesting list. He's not he's not second. Like he's there's four guys, there's three guys in between him and Howe, but he's probably going to leapfrog them within the first I think there's he's 20 he's 10 games behind Ron Francis. He's like 20 oh, games behind Francis. Mark Messier and uh, Yager's second. Um Yager's only second. I really would have thought Yager if you had asked me I would have probably put Yager as number one. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how did play what four decades or something like that? I think in so he four felt decades. like he just re- felt like he just retired actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, uh, big Joe Thorne actually is ninth on that list. So if he comes back and plays with the Sharks, two of, of the top ten guys who've played all time are on the same team. I, that's unheard of. Um, that's also I, yeah going to be a slower team. Well, it's going to be a slower team. I, and I think, you know, we saw Marlowe slow down a little bit with Toronto. He was okay fit. I think he was probably great for the locker room, but that was a young team that's trying to push the tempo. And you bring in a guy like Marlowe, you're not sure what he had left. He went back to San Jose. I don't think they really, I mean, I, I think he's there. At, he's at the end of his end of his run, obviously. What can a guy like Marlowe bring to the Sharks at this stage? Uh, I mean, they can bring a. A guy who's ready to retire as a San Jose Shark. So that's <laughs> yeah. one thing. You know what I mean? They'll, he'll they'll yeah. bring some, yep. you know, some fun back to the locker room from some of the older guys. Because, you know, when you start to uh, reconnect some of the older guys together, like, you know, that's going to re- rejuvenate at least their, 
some excitement from a, a big Joe standpoint, those kind of yeah. kind of guys who've, you know, play with them back in the day and say, Oh, you're back now. Um, but Marlo's also the guy who he is set on one pair of skates that he likes, uh, that are discontinued. He bought up whatever was left. <laughs> and I think he only has like two pairs left and he goes through, you know, two or three pairs a season so I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe he's just there again. Maybe can we get past forty-five days? You know, on these. Skates? Well, that's it. Because I, I don't think I think he made a point where he's just like, look, I, I can't play with another pair of skates, a different kind of pair of skates than the ones that he likes and, and fits his foot, whatever. So he's got a couple of those pairs, and when those are done, I think that's uh, that's it for uh, for Big Marlow. But um, <laughs> I, whatever. Hey, forty-five. That's even more interesting. Forty-five games to to beat the house record. Yep. Yeah, 44 we'll to see. tie, 45 to beat him. Uh, how about two words for you? Healthy scratch. Every <laughs> second game, pal. And hey, all I've got to say is classy guy. Uh, super happy for him. I hope Big Joe comes back. I'm a Sharks fan when those guys are playing for them. All Big right. Joe's getting some some attention from Toronto. I don't know how he fits there. They just picked up Wayne Simmons. I think they picked up another another grinder guy earlier to, uh, this week. So, uh, you know, they're, I think they're – I think the – the Leafs are pretty much set now. They need veterans in Toronto. Yes. Um, I like Wayne Simmons. I like Wayne Simmons. Um, I think Joe would be good for the locker room more so than on the ice probably. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, he hasn't won a cup, but he's been pretty damn close, and he's obviously played, you know, a thousand years at this point. Uh, but he brings something that Toronto's very young overall. I mean, yeah. Tavares is one of their most experienced leaders. And, you know, I think that shows its limitations to a point as well. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, Joe's from St. Thomas, right? So he's not far from there. It'd be, uh, it'd be interesting. I don't know if he would ever do it, but why would you ever give up California? I, I'm a fan of the, uh, well, that's it. It's hard. You know, you're into your in Cali. I mean, she's. Be nice to see Big Joe in Toronto. Nice to see Toronto have some success. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Wayne Simmons pickup. There's not a there's not a lot of uh, game changing free agents left on the market. Uh, but Anthony Declare is one of them. Did he overplay his hand? He's representing himself, and I'm yeah. it's I'm slightly concerned that he may not get even close to what he thinks he could have gotten. Should he have taken the Sens offer? They offered him some pretty good pretty good coin. Uh, it was a good fit. He had a good season. He slowed down towards the end of the year, but he's a young kid. Uh, any thoughts on Declare? Maybe coming back to the Sens? Um, I mean, yeah, that's always when you're sitting on the market for that long. There's always that possibility. Now, you know, the offer that they offered the first time may not be on the table for the second go round. But probably there's also not. he had a chance to go through arbitration where they thought that he would probably get more or maybe more than the offer. I'm not sure, but there was that option. I think I heard that where he could have went to arbitration for it. Um, I think now at this point it's, he doesn't have that option. Um, so uh, again, uh, at this point, if you're still on the shelf, like you're, uh, beggars can't be choosers. He's going to be taking whatever comes and, you know, maybe Otto's a good fit. Maybe he's also the mindset, like the hell with you guys, you guys had your shot and you blew it. Mm -hmm. I'll take a lower deal to go somewhere else. Um, you know, I'll go somewhere warmer. I'll go somewhere with, you know, no income tax. You know, like, hey, I don't know. 
I'm up. I, I hope for his sake that he didn't overplay his hand, which is you know as this goes on and no teams are are offering him anything. Uh, he may have just you know he may have blown a couple million here, and it's it's upsetting because he's a young kid. Uh, he had a good year. I thought you know he should have taken the deal personally. I mean, you got he's like the you, you got to look at guys like Le'Veon Bell. They think they're going to get more money going somewhere else, but they've had success in a system. The system catered uh, their skills to his skills, you know. And then you go and you, you can't. Sometimes you can't translate that success somewhere else. I mean, Duclair's a speedster. He was playing on a young team with a with a uh, nothing to lose. Yeah. What, what's he going to do? He's going to go play for uh, a Stanley Cup contender who's got pressure every night, to and he's got to perform. I mean, it's just. Some guys they overplay their hand and they end up screwed. And uh, it didn't work for Bell. I mean, he lost a season of football and ended up getting a, a couple a million dollars less than what the Steelers offered him originally. So like, the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense. I, anyway, I, I like Declare. I like him as I when I saw the the three Sens games live this year, he was one of the best players on the ice in terms of speed and excite excitement and uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. But anything in any in the NHL free agency that excites you? Did you any any signings that uh, got you? Got you excited? Not really, uh, eh? Not really. Uh, you know, from a sense standpoint, I think uh, you know Murray and Nets is is exciting. I thought he was mm-hmm. he's a he's a very good goalie. So when you lose Anderson, only twenty six, you get a guy like that. I think that was a great pickup. Um, you know, I'm more interested to see where the the guys that are drafted come from, and not come from, but end up being. Um, you know, I want to see how they perform. I want to see how quickly they get into the lineup and, and whatever. And those guys that get drafted by Ottawa have as much opportunity as the next guy to get in the lineup yeah. from day one. So, you know, let's see what happens there. I'm, I'm curious. But from a, a, a Duclair standpoint with the representing yourself, um, you know, I'm always – it's like a realtor, like a real estate thing where I'm just like, I can sell my own house. I don't need you to do that and take, you know, 5 6% off the top. But then from an athlete standpoint, so I understood why he he negotiated himself. Um, I think he I, – I hope he would have consulted somebody beforehand to sort of get an idea of maybe what he is worth, you know, market value. Um, but the, you always run the risk because when you're in negotiations, you know, the player's talking up all his ability and his points and his this. The other side, just like in arbitration, the other side is, is coming with some of the negatives, the stuff you don't have. You know, to justify their their uh, proposal, their offer. And when you're an athlete and you start hearing, you know, the organization may be talking bad about you in order to negotiate a, a fair price, um, sometimes that's going to lead to uh, getting your feelings hurt. And even if you do sign after, you already have this kind of in the back of your head, oh, they... You know, they think this of me or whatever. And I, some guys will take it as a challenge to say, you know, the hell with you guys. I'm going to show you that I, I, I don't have those those uh, imperfections. But uh, other guys will, will sort of take it as like a, I don't know, let it let it weigh on them. Motivation. So, um, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings with how he re- represented himself. I wish he had got, kind of come up with the deal. Uh, but I think now he's regretting that decision. Um but let's see what yeah let's just see what offers anyway it's just it's something that came to mind with like going in and, and actually representing yourself in terms of negotiating a contract um, you can easily do that because it's your your body your finances your everything you're negotiating it um, yeah. but 
you know, there are side effects of, of those kind of discussions that I think, uh, you know, maybe some athletes are better off not hearing. Anyway. I agree. I, uh, Tim Stutzel, their first round pick broke his arm in training yesterday. He'll be out six to eight weeks, uh, wishing him a quick recovery. A little concerning that he broke his arm training. I, uh, don't know what he was doing exactly. If it was on ice, I'd be less concerned, but if it was uh, lifting weights or doing something, uh, related to the weight room, uh, and you break your arm, it's a little concerning in terms of your, uh, you know, uh, who's that? Your, your, uh, the, their first round pick, Stitzel, the German oh, kid that they picked. So he broke his arm. He'll be, he'll be okay for training camp and he'll be ready for the season. But I mean, that's, it's just a little concerning. They didn't say how he broke it. Uh, I would, again, like I said, I hope, I'm hope it was on ice, a puck or something. But if it was in the weight room, that's a little concerning. Um, just from past experience. But anyway, wishing him a, Why, a quick they, recovery. They didn't say what it was from? They didn't say it was from. He just broke his... There's a fracture in his arm. So okay. and he's got, he, he, he broke got, his arm. He, he got hammered after getting drafted third overall and probably <laughs> parted his brains up, fell down the stairs, or fell on something weirdly and broke his arm and be like, oh, I actually broke it uh, pumping iron trying to get ready for training camp. This is one of those cover-ups or whatever. Like, he broke that fooling around being kids you know uh, what i mean you heard it here first folks <laughs> <laughs> for sure um it's just one more thing on hockey uh i'm excited about my my montreal canadians have made some moves uh this off season they got they got bigger and faster and stronger uh you know for years i mean geez since 2010 they've been smurfs desarnay gianta camilleri uh like these guys are f- five seven five eight five nine and they have first-line guys, enough. It only got them so far. Yeah, speed is fun, but you're not going to make it to the third, fourth round in, with just on speed alone. The NHL is a is a league where you got to have size and speed. If you have too much of one, you're just not going to succeed. So, I mean, wow. Like, look at, the, look at the teams that won the Cup. Big and fast, and they hit everything in sight. And Dallas got worn out completely by Tampa Bay. And that's exactly what's going on. I'm glad to see the Canadians are addressing this finally. About time. About time. Happy about that. So congratulations to Montreal. I mean, if anything, you're going to be tougher. Congratulations. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. It's a big signing. Moving on. Anyway, yeah. Have you watched any of the baseball? Really, really quick, two minutes on baseball. Have you watched any of it? No. No. <sighs> Tampa Bay's up 3-1 on our on those Houston Astros, the, the team we all love to hate, the Cheaters. I did see uh, Altuve make a few mistakes. Yeah, he's been hitting. He's been hitting, though. Yeah, he's been hitting, but he made a throwing error in the one uh, part that I watched and something else. And um, yeah, but I, yeah, as long as the Rays were winning, I was fine with it. I hate the Astros. Yeah, I think the Rays are going to, well, they're up 3 1. So, I mean, with their pitching staff and the way they're hit, they're clutch hitting, I, I don't see the the Astros coming back. But, you know, if they do, then more power to them. Maybe we'll, everyone will change their mind on who they actually are, but I think the Rays will come out and it looks like the Dodgers have made a series of it. They won. They were up 11 to nothing in the first inning yesterday. So they went up quick. They ended up winning 15 to three, but they're still down two one in that series to the Braves. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. I haven't watched a ton once the Jays went out, kind of lost interest, but I did I have watch a race. the Oakland Houston series be- or not series, but I watched a few of those games because I was hoping for fireworks and antics and whatever, and I didn't get that feeling whatsoever, no. and so I lost interest. Yeah, big money involved in the playoffs. I think they just all that stuff gets put by the wayside. 
the uh, I think I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Tampa Bay Rays in Montreal one day. Fingers crossed. Uh, Chicago White Sox had a great year, made the playoffs, and then they, I mean they lost in the first round or whatever that like a wild card round, whatever it's called, and they, they fired their coach. I just don't understand these teams. Like, how are you going to build continuity? You finally have a good year. You finally put together all these young players. You bring in a couple of vets like Encarnacion. You make the playoffs. You're ousted round one. That's okay. It's going to happen. You're young. The Padres were kicked out first round. They're young. They're not going to fire their coach. <laughs> the word is they want to interview Tony Larusa. He's still alive. Yes, he's still. That was my thought exactly. I mean. He was Oakland's coach in the early 90s, late 80s. I mean, the guy, uh, does he want to come back to coach? Is he Jim Leland? Will, can he pull an 80-year-old success story? I don't know. But that's pretty wild if you're letting, your, letting go of a coach who led your team to the playoffs to go and pursue Tony La Russa. I mean, I think, I think fairness, Sega Genesis might think of Tony La Russa. <laughs> just in, in fairness... Just because a coach you get to the playoffs doesn't mean he's the right coach for the job. Just like a coach mm-hmm. that doesn't make the playoffs doesn't mean he should be the first one to go all the time. It's you know there's a, there's other aspects there, and maybe you know with that team they should have gone further. You know just on yeah. you know you can't even screw up enough to not make the playoffs, and he gets there or whatever. I mean, there's there's a lot of other things, but. It's not solely on winning and losing or making the playoffs or not making the playoffs, whether or not a coach gets fired. So, you know, Fair. it is what it is. Tony LaRussa being the uh, the replacement talk is uh, clearly a very temporary uh, solution because he can't be around for the long term, whether as a coach or a human. I don't know. Like, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> they have a they do have a short list. It's La, they want to talk to Larusa, who's involved with another organization right now. So they've gotten permission to talk with him. Uh, and then their second their second option is the guy that uh, was the manager for the Astros last year, AJ Hinch. So you know it's it, that's a peculiar. If they want to pursue Larusa, I mean I don't know. Baseball is baseball. The game hasn't changed that much. I mean, it's a little bit more, you know, free swinging back to, compared to his day. But I mean, the guy coached McGuire and Canseco, two of the biggest free swingers in the in the history of the game. So I don't know. Maybe it's maybe he's onto something. Maybe they're maybe he's well, he is a genius. He's a great. He was a great coach. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. That's enough baseball talk. Uh, Raptors new uniforms, like them. I like them. Those are sweet. Uh, they're uh, a combination of the We the North with uh, the red uh, color scheme instead. And um, again, I, I'm a, a fan of, you know, like basic uh, sleek kind of uniforms. And I like that one. Amen. Amen, bro. And I like the uh, I like the third version, the black jersey. Uh, if you don't, I'm not sure if you noticed it, but it's got the uh, the original Raptor pinstripes, the, the wiggly pinstripes. It's very, very subtle. Um just a really, really nice look. All three looks are sharp and clean and nice. Uh, they're, they have two more uniforms to unveil. Oh, yeah. I, I believe. That. I, yeah. I believe one is a purple version of what they're doing, I think. It, it, purple will be one of the primary colors. And then one is the uh, OVO black and gold style. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But uh, there's two more uniforms to, to uh, introduce at some point. Not in a next, big fan uh, of the shorts. 
on the red or the white with that. I don't that, like the. Uh, I don't stripe. like. Yeah, me either. They could. I could have done away with that. It looks big, like, like they all uh, are wrapped for groin injuries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the shorts I could do away with, but the, and the black unis, the shorts are nice. So and the shorts anyway, and the black. Um, the black's an Air Jordan one too. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna look good. I like Jordan um, stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a Florida Gator fan. They're all Jordan, Air Jordan stuff like that. Doesn't mean I like Michael Jordan. I like the Air Jordan stuff, and he did not do any of that stuff. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Tell the kids. We're gonna move on to. Uh, I was gonna talk Lakers championship, but there's really not much more to talk about. They won it. It was a great it. bubble experience. The NBA. The NBA proved that's this is how you do the this is how you do execute the bubble. Like zero COVID tests from start to finish. Uh, it was difficult. I would say, I would argue that it was probably more difficult to win that style of play where your routine is completely flipped upside down. And you're basically stuck in a bu- in a bubble, and you can't leave for two months, two and a half, three months to win that championship in that and under those circumstances versus your home court versus your just the your ability to have the freedom off the court. I mean, it's it, it must have been difficult, tiring, fatiguing. So, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers, their 17th title, tying the Boston Celtics for the most all time. Oh yeah, uh, Ray John Rondo won a title has won a title with both teams. That's that's rare. Um, just great stuff. Anyway, uh, I want to talk. Just really want to end the, the the show with football, and we'll talk a little bit of a little bit of college, a little bit of pro. Uh, the Falcons fired Dan Quinn finally. I mean, I I think there is a season too late personally, but at zero and five, they fired Dan Quinn, their head coach, and uh, Dimitrov, their GM, Canadian. Uh, yeah, and and good guy. Good guy, good football guy. He'll get a job really quickly. Uh, the Falcons, you know, a lot of talent on offense, a little porous on defense. Matty Ice, a quote from him yesterday, and it's not an exact quote, but it's uh, something along the lines of, I'm not worried about my future because every player in the NFL only rents his locker. So doesn't care too much about, uh, doesn't worry too, too much about things. Uh, is Matty like Ice, is, like is Matt, yeah, me too. Is Matt Stafford, in five six years, is Matt Stafford going to be the new Matty Ice talent? But just never, just was never able to lead his team to any kind of success. What do you mean the new Matty Ice? Stafford's been around for long enough. Stafford's his own Stafford. <laughs> you, know what I mean? gotta, you know what? We got to get a T-shirt. Send it to him. <laughs> Stafford is his own his Stafford. Own Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, like. You know, he's not Matty Ice. Matty Ice isn't Stafford. Stafford's got his own issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some quarterbacks like Stafford. I mean, Carson Wentz, I thought was going to be a, a really like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, he's regressed a little bit, but partly that's part offensive line, part talent on the outside. He part won a injuries. Super Bowl. Well, that's debatable. He's got a ring. He's on the ring. He's on the records book as being a Super Bowl uh, winning quarterback. Wasn't the starting quarterback, mind you. But he's he's got his ring. He got his ring. He's got his ring. And technically, it was an injury at that point. So it was one of those, oh, it's unfortunate. Eh, It was probably fortunate. Anyway. A few Falcons have tested positive for COVID, so their their practice is on hold this week. Um, COVID seems to be slowly c- creeping back into some NFL franchises. Uh, there's talk about bubble playoffs. I mean, what's the point? 
of a bubble playoff now. You've already reinvited fans to games. Uh, what's the point? I don't. I don't understand what the point of a bubble playoff is now that your teams are traveling, teams are playing in domes with uh, twenty thousand people in it. Like I don't. I don't quite get why they would do that now. Miami. Pardon me. It's like sixty-five in Miami. I mean, the, the sixty-five available seats that the NFL has allowed people to sit in at a Miami game. They're probably only going to get twenty, but they did say. If you had 65, you could have 65. Yeah, the Florida governor said, well, you go ahead and do what you feel is you need to do. We're, we're opening up everything. And uh, thankfully, the Miami GM and, uh, and owner said, we're going to stick to our 21,000. We don't need this to be a, a gong show. We don't want to be the face of, of uh, the success, but on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like you start bringing 67, 70,000 people in there. But I, I hope to God COVID doesn't creep into every franchise and start canceling games in weeks and we saw a tuesday night game for the first time in like 70 years you know like uh, it's they've already they've done a great job rescheduling up to now but i don't think the nfl could take a real quote-unquote outbreak um a league outbreak and then start flipping games and this and that and the other nfl is very these guys are trained to play once a week they train their bodies all year round to play once a week on certain days, you start flipping them around and playing on a Wednesday, and a th- the body doesn't work that way. It's it's a it's a crazy thing, and it's, you're gonna start seeing injuries. You're gonna start seeing like gonna start. Uh, what's been, that? There's been more injuries this shortened season so far than I think I remember. Key injuries, right? It's right. Gonna ACLs. Be, it's going to get worse, and it's yeah. again there is a it's a plan. It's a very structured week for those bodies to not only play at a high level, but then the recovery. The build back up, the play, and if you start screwing with that timing and that uh, uh, that rotation of uh, schedule, then yeah, you're asking for a lot. It's it's good. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. It's the COVID is. I say the COVID all the time. You got the COVID, um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's. I mean, the Gators have some of it now too. So their game against LSU is postponed. Nick Saban has it. Um, you know, that, that meme where, uh, Kansas city had beat new England and, uh, it was, uh, like two days later, Stefan Gilmore, whatever, uh, their DB okay, for the pictures the co- <laughs> where he's, he got tested for COVID or whatever. And they show him like hugging Mahomes and uh, yeah. Belichick's, he's like, I'm playing uh, chess, not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, that was a great uh, meme. But like, it's, it's. It's going to happen. I mean, we're seeing a spike in our area now. I just saw on the news they're they're testing wastewater for COVID and the presence of wastewater COVID COVID in wastewater has gone up like ten percent or ten times in the last week mm-hmm. of of where it's going. So again, I don't know the science behind how they're testing it. And wastewater is that like stuff that goes down the drain, or are we talking like sewage? Ugh. Whose job yeah. is that? Anyway, uh, no, the, the concern with that is if when they filter out the sewage, obviously, so so we we can redrink the water. Is that uh, we would, will they will it would spread that way? It, well, potentially. I mean, they don't know yet, right? If the if the uh, like, I have no idea. It, it's craziness that they can even test that. And who the hell? I wouldn't want to be the guy doing the testing. Uh, just wild stuff. But you know, you're right. It's it's spreading in our community. Hmm. Uh, I heard this morning. Nola mentioned to me that her. Her son's hockey is now canceled. Same. Just got the email this morning. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, terrible stuff. 
I mean, I, I am not for or against. I'm I'm all for just safety, just safe general safety. I'm I support, but it's up it's upsetting nonetheless. Like you know, you're yep. the kids need something to do. It's already been a tough year. Final exams are canceled. Where the hell was COVID when we were in school? All the uh, final exams are canceled. Kids can just go to school now and they won't have to worry about writing exams. Um, Seriously, congratulations. We don't need exams anyway. Just I bet you kids learn better if they don't have the pressure of exams. Oh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) don't get me started. That's a whole other show. Don't get me started. Ah. ah. All right, started. Moving on. Um, I guess well, you know what? There's NFL. It's another. Uh, there's a some intriguing matchups. The Brown Steelers. We're talking four and zero and four and one. It's a big game. That's a very big game. It's in Pittsburgh. They've allowed Pittsburgh is allowing fans in. It should be a. It's a one o'clock game. I believe it's uh, the game of the week. Um, very very interested to see this game. Uh, Kareem Hunt said, "We're this is the Miles Garrett game. We're going to do it for him." I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, what what's there to do? He's back playing. What are you doing it for him? I like I don't I don't understand what that point was, but um, he you know you Brown guys just keep talking. Uh, we'll use that bulletin board material to kick your ass, but uh, it should be a good game. Uh, congratulations Le'Veon Bell. on uh, being part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You keep saying we, but anyway, congratulations. I didn't know. Anyway, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's released. Bell. He's a free agent. Wow, you know, there's some destinations that make sense for him. But like, honest to God, the Pittsburgh situation is the best one for him. He knows the offense. They their running game is not that strong. Connor average is four and a half uh, a carry, which isn't so like it's not terrible, but it's not great. Uh, he doesn't make any splash plays. You know, he's he's a he's a workhorse, but he's not durable. And uh, I think that Bell comes in there and he instantly makes them a Super Bowl contender because he can catch the ball. Adam Gase, last week, Bell's last game, he ran the ball 13 times for 60 yards, one catch for seven yards, one target in the air. Bell's a great receiver. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Adam Gase has completely messed up that program. They're a hot mess in New York. Adam Gase is not the quarterback. <laughs> Let, you know, let's be fair. Is, it, uh, is Flacco the quarterback right now? It's Flacco. Well, it was Darnold for most. I know of the year. Darnold, but I think Flacco's still at the helm, is he not? Anyway, yeah. You know, ultimately, he, Gase isn't throwing the ball. He's got to call the plays. So unless he's got Le'Veon Bell in there blocking during pass plays, which I don't think he is. You got a um, Gase fan now? No, I'm not. I'm not a anybody fan in terms of the Jets. I'm not a Flacco fan either. I'm just, you know, if I mean Gase got to take some control and say, hey Flacco. Throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> you know, you got to do that. But ultimately, if Flacco doesn't want to do it, and he's like, you know what, I'm only here for a short period of time, so I'm going to do what I like to do, which is <laughs> which is try and go deep or whatever, then it is what it is. And until Darnold comes back, then he, they, they got to roll with Flacco. Anyway, no, I'm not an Adam Gase fan whatsoever, but... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Le'Veon fit like he fits in the Pittsburgh thing. That's fine, but he left on bad terms, kind of. And Tomlin is still there, and is still the same guy. So is it is it a chance like this? This uh, Tomlin have to like save the relationship and like whatever, or you know what I mean? Well, what do you got to do to get a guy like that back? I don't think the terms were as bad as people think. It wasn't uh, Antonio Brown situation where he just wanted out. It was uh, like this is money, 
and I want more money. I feel like I'm 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 worth this amount of money, and I'm going to go test the market and see what I can get. Uh, everything was business, but I think Bell as a teammate was pretty good. I don't think he was he was uh, a problem, you know. And I think that he didn't leave. And actually, last year the Jets put Bell on the on the trade block at the deadline, and the Steelers made a call about it. Uh, the Steel- at the time, the Steelers were sort of still in yeah. the playoff hunt. Don't ask me how, but the call said made- the call was the Steelers saying sucks, eh, bud? You throw or can you throw? <laughs> can, can you throw? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, just to, just to, to even come out and you know say, hey, look, we we did make a call on this guy, suggests that they they would be in in. But they they I mean, they drafted a running back, and Benny Snell's been pretty good. So, uh, but Connor's got this is Connor's last year. I can't see the Steelers breaking the bank for him. He really hasn't been that productive. So uh, I would love to see Bell back in Pittsburgh. But, you know, I think, and I mentioned this on our Facebook page, I think the best fit for him right now is the Colts. They're in dire need of of, of talent. Uh, they're hurt everywhere. Marlon Mack is out for the year. You know, they have the, the kid they drafted, but they need they need some Taylor. they need a veteran, right? They need a veteran in the backfield. Uh, I think Paris, one of their, one of the Paris, I can't Paris remember his Campbell. last name. He's out. So, you know, they need some talent there. Uh, you throw them on the Chiefs, and it's okay. Like, they need any more talent. Uh, the I think he'd be a good fit for the Bills. No offense to Singletary, but, I mean, heck, Josh Allen's a great quarterback, and uh, he likes, you know, I think he's a great quarterback, personally. Uh, he scrambles. Bell could be that outlet. He's hard to watch for me. He is hard to watch because he's. I don't think he's conventional necessarily, but he's I mean, when he breaks, and he, and very little seems to be under control. And maybe it's just I haven't watched enough. Maybe it is a controlled chaos kind of look. But I'm just like, he's a, and I like the Bills. That's why I'm watching them. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm I cringe every time he's going to make the decision because I'm like he's a pick six waiting to happen or a fumble waiting to happen or something stupid waiting to happen because it looks like he's out of control. And maybe I just haven't watched him enough. To, to know that that's just the way he is. But uh, there's a lot of chances there where I'm just like, how, like, you you don't normally stiff arm two defensive linemen to get away, be able to throw the ball at that point. Like, those are sacks. You haven't made that decision quick enough. Stuff like that that just kind of yeah. doesn't sit well with me. But Le'Veon Bell would be great in that area. Yeah, for sure. And I like, you know, the fact that he he does break the, break the pocket a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bell is good at... What Bell is really good at isn't necessarily running. I mean, he's a he's a good runner. He's the size of Derrick Henry. So if you want to bowl over guys, he probably could. But what Bell does really well is he makes the first guy miss. And mm-hmm. you know, you get a guy in open space uh, when on a broken play, and you get him the ball. Bell can easily turn a five yard gain into like a twenty yard gain because he makes guys miss. He's got a spin move. He's got a stiff arm. The guy's big. So, I thought you were going to say his best. What he does best is rap. No, no, he no, does okay. not do that well. And neither does Antonio <laughs> Brown. And please, I beg you, please do not find any clips on YouTube of either of those guys rapping. It's, uh, it's some of the most awful, cringeworthy stuff you'll ever hear. Uh, that's, terrible. That's the terrible. song we're going out to today. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, awesome. Not- <laughs> uh, anybody else? 49ers. Their, their backfield is full. So, I mean, unless you're going to play him at receiver, what are you going to do with Le'Veon Bell if you're the Niners? they got tons of guys in the backfield. I think from a Le'Veon standpoint, too, like – He's made a living in the AFC. I think he stays in the AFC. I think yeah. he's probably smart. Like, because I think you had the Bears as another potential uh, spot. And from a running back standpoint, you know, he would have to sort of adjust his game a little bit, be a bit more of a physical runner, like you're talking about, like a Derrick Henry kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if I'm Levy, and I probably you're just there's a comfort level being in the AFC. 
I think, Brady, sure. I think Brady's seeing that to, to some uh, aspect as well this year where he's made a living in the AFC. He understands the AFC. He knows the teams and their schemes a bit better. Uh, the NFC is, is, a, is a different beast too when you flip over like that. And I think it's, uh, you know, it might be under uh, emphasized, but I think yep. it's, it actually is a, a big thing to consider. Two sleeper teams. Uh, just uh, I'm just this is just myself thinking that two teams that might creep up and get into the levy on Bell sweepstakes. The Arizona Cardinals, uh, although Drake has has been serviceable, he had a great year last year. He, he's been unspectacular this year. And uh, Miami Dolphins. Keep an eye on the Dolphins. They'll they'll test the waters, but Dolphins are on a rebuild mode, so they're not they're not going to break the bank for anybody uh, right now. I think so. I could see, but I see the Dolphins if the price is right. They might make a play. He has a house in in uh, Florida, so that it would make a lot of sense. Anyway, we'll see what well, happens. Then, it's interesting. I'm always I'm always interested in trades and un, uh, and free agency in the NFL because you don't see a lot of trades in the NFL. So should be a very interesting couple of weeks. Jacksonville could be another spot then too if he's got a place in Florida and they got rid of Fournette. They only got a couple of young guys. Chris Thompson I think is running for them right now and somebody else. Yeah, so they might. You know, maybe uh, Le'Veon throws the jorts on and joins Minshew and. <laughs> They get uh, anyway. Just come back to Pittsburgh, bro. We forgive you. <laughs> we forgive you. Uh, okay, you got anything else? I think that's pretty much going to be it for today. That's what I got. I was going to mention the Florida Gators uh, postpone and something about their coach saying I want to I want to pack the the swamp and he got a little bit of uh, lashback from that from the media. Uh, but apart well, from that, that's all to I do got. it. And Florida, like we've already talked about with the Dolphins, their governor or whatever, essentially doesn't give two shits about COVID. No. And they're like, no. pack it up, whatever. It doesn't matter. Fill the swamp, boys. Fill the swamp. Trump said it's okay. Uh, anyway, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so don't hold Dan Mullen to that. But, um, yeah, the the Gators have a bit of, uh, of a couple of cases of COVID. So they're uh, postponing against LSU until, like, December or something like that. Nick Saban has COVID, but I think that game is still scheduled to go on. So if you're watching college football, 8 o'clock Saturday, Georgia versus Alabama should be epic. Georgia's defense is as good a defense as I've seen in the last little while. Um, and from an SEC standpoint, which is usually known for great defense, the defenses have been very sketchy. Florida, so Florida has COVID, uh, and there's a bunch of stuff on the, the, the Florida chat discussion stuff where it's like it obviously uh we didn't catch it through our defense because they haven't been close to any other fucking opponent enough to hey. stop anybody like just our defense <laughs> is not great there's gonna be an overhaul anyway but we lost to um uh texas a&m they had a great game but there was no need our offense is great but anyway the offense is great for florida defense is sketchy georgia's offense is decent uh but their defense is elite um, Tennessee, same thing. Tennessee put a pretty good fight on Georgia. Alabama, you watched Alabama against uh, Missouri. They were plus tw- – uh, no, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin uh, versus his uh, six, uh, Saban. Alabama, Ole Miss, that game was awesome. Florida's beat Ole Miss already, so I was hoping Ole Miss would win. Matt Corral is, is legit. Lane Kiffin pulled out all the stops, and it was literally – you know, a, a heavyweight fight, punch for punch, no defense whatsoever. And Alabama is, again, another team that's notorious for great defense. Not quite there. Their best uh, receiver, Mitchie, is uh, Canadian 2A from Mississauga. Phenomenal player. Woo! Anyway, yada, yada. That game's 8 o'clock on Saturday. 
Uh, there's a couple others, but we're going to start seeing some more postponements depending on uh, COVID. I think uh, Big yeah, Ten true. comes back. If it's, I don't think it's this week. I think it's next week. Um, but Big Ten will be back uh, as well, so we'll start seeing some uh, Ohio State and Michigans and that kind of uh, football, and we'll really get an idea of, of where people stand. But, uh, yeah, Gators lost. Um, now they're out for uh, a couple weeks while they get the COVID out of their systems. Unbelievable. Shout out to Chase Claypool, Canadian kid, had four touchdowns. Four and, touchdowns. Uh, and impressive, too. I mean, sometimes these rookie guys, the offenses will set them up that they, you know, they, they make uh, uh, it's an easy play for them just to get their hands to, you know, get them in the game, get their feet wet. But he made some great plays. He made a couple of great catches, a couple of end arounds. Big man can run the field. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's Canadian. Canadian. Uh, can't remember where we went to school, but he was a very good. Uh, very, very good college player. Um, I do remember, but I refuse to say that name, I think, on our podcast. <laughs> Not a huge fan. Um, anyway, I think that's it. We're going to go out to uh, – so I can't remember who sings it now. Uh, uh, Pop Smoke, I think. We're going out to a song I hear on the radio, and I pump this sucker in the truck. Uh, Let's hear it. Love it. It's called The Woo. She want a woo, nigga. She wanna fight with the Versace Hotel with Versace Road Like it when you let down your hair with no gold And I say to myself, cause I never like these hoes If she only like the guap red, like these hoes Why would I waste my time on a shorty that don't got me on the front of a mind Especially when you get designed and I want it down And the billy came with the wings like a number nine Yeah, come through, just us two I like it cause you cut how I'm cut too Come through, just us two I like it cause you cut how I'm cut too she wanna fuck 